there is a Sefer, which is not so well known. It's called Megillah Santiochus. And it recounts the main points of the miracle of Hanukkah. Even though it's called Megillah Santiochus, it's not really one of the five Megillahs. And therefore we don't have the custom to lay it with Sibur, to read it in public. And the reason for that is, Hanukkah took place after the era of prophecy had closed. And therefore, even the f- recorded facts of the case don't form a part of the Torah Shepiksav. It doesn't become part of the written Torah that had already ended. And therefore, Megillus Antiochus falls into the category of the writings we have from the Tanaic period. It's like the Brises, it's like the Midrashim. And even if it's not a Megillah in the sense that it can be lamed, but nevertheless it's a Megillah we can learn from. First, the historical story. It tells us about the Greek occupation of Eretz Israel. It tells us about the decrees of Antiochus. And it tells us about the rebellion and the success of the Hashemunayim and the miracle of the Neris, the miracle of the Menorah. And therefore, someone who's looking to discover the history of Hanukkah, the background to Hanukkah, would find a lot of information in this Sefer called Megillus Antiochus. But there's another point we can use the Sefer to learn from. And that's what I would like to focus on tonight. And that is lessons that we can learn from the Hanukkah story. Points we can take home for ourselves from Megillus Antiochus. And the two points I want to focus on. The first one, I want to start with the story. A story I heard from Rav Pavarsky, Shlita, the son of the Rosh Hashiva Ponovich. And he told me that he, as a young Bacha, was one of the first students in the Ponovich Yeshiva. And the Rosh Yeshiva, the Ponovich Yerov, Rav Kahanaman, after setting up the Yeshiva, was given the thankless task of having to fundraise to keep the Yeshiva running. And therefore Rav Kahanaman spent most of the year abroad trying to raise funds for the Yeshiva. He generally used to come home only for the Yom Tovim. And Rav Kavarsky told me he remembers the time Simchus Torah in Panovich, when the Panovich Rav was looking to find a way to motivate the Bachrim to apply themselves even more, to try even harder in their learning. And he got up in between the Akafas and Simchus Torah and he banged on the Bema and he said, Bachrim, I have a challenge for you. He said, It's now Simchus Torah. Whoever's prepared to commit themselves to learn the entire Seder Nashim from now until next year Simchas Torah. He said, I'll give them a gift. It was the time when they just began printing again in Eretz Yisrael. And there was a big set of the Rambam which had just come out. It was considered a, a Chashiv instead of Svarim, the new Rambam of then. 
He said, any bacha who will finish the hall of Nashim in the year will get a set of Rambam. And Rafavaski told me, many boys took up the challenge. Starting with the winter's man, the Vesmerish was noticeably busier. For a little later at night. Everyone was putting an extra effort. But Nashim is big. And Nashim is not so easy. And he said, came Hanukkah, already some of the Bachim had dropped out of the rest. They didn't see themselves being able to do so much. The Panovich Rav had returned to America to fundraise. It was the days before cell phones, it was the days before telephones. And his only way of communicating with Yeshiva was through a telegram. And he sends the telegram back to Yeshiva. How many Rambams should I be ordering? And it gave an extra encouragement to those guys who are still in the program. Those Bachams still trying to try harder. Came Pesach time. The Panovich Rav came back to Israel. And he saw how many of these Bachim were still holding by finishing Nashim. So he says, great. For those of you still on track, come some Chostari, you finish Nashim. He said, but I want to test. The test is not make sure you know Nashim well. And the one to give the test will be the Chazanish. So it added a different dimension to the story. Made them even try harder. In the end, he saw 10 Bakrim who were still holding by finishing Say the Nashim within one year. And came to Chastara, Rafavarsky told me there were only eight Bakrim who managed to do well in the Chazanish's test. On Seder Nashim, and each one got his Seder Brahma. Now, what's the point of the story? The point of the story isn't that people were able to do so much. Not even that they were able to be tested on it by the Chazanish. The point of the story is that none of those Bachim would have thought of doing Nashim in one year. None of them would have thought of within their capabilities. But, once the Shashiva, the point of which Rav sets the challenge, then it becomes something that people consider. Maybe I could. Maybe I should try. And when it becomes something which people try to do, then it becomes a possibility. As long as people didn't imagine it to be possible, there was no way they were going to do it. No way, because they convinced themselves there's no way. But when it is a possibility, something which is even not expected, but offered, so then it gets looked at in a different light. And people think maybe they should try. And when the person tries, then yes, the person can achieve. The same thing We see in Megillus Antiochus. Klai Yisrael, in the time of the Greeks, were 
oppressed or unable to keep mitzvahs were chased out of Yerushalayim. The Beis HaMikdash was turned into a pagan altar. The police were searching for anybody keeping Shabbos, learning Torah, and was punishable by death. And the few pockets of Prim Jews, Torah observant Jews who still were, had to hide out in the caves of the desert to be able to practice the mitzvahs. And when you're talking about an oppressive regime, one which is searching at any resistance to its draconian laws and threatens to, to punish anyone they catch by killing them. So those Jews are still strong. Those Jews are still faithful. What are they looking to do? What are they looking to achieve? You would think what they're looking to achieve is the ability to find a safe place to keep mitzvahs. A cave where they won't be detected. But no. Their plans are much bigger than that. Matisio and his sons they're not just looking to find a safe haven, so to speak, where they won't be found. They're looking to restore the avoid of the Besamekdash. That sounds impossible. It means going into the heart of where the Greek garrison was based. It means waging a campaign against the headquarters of the Greek force nearest Israel. It's a much, much bigger project than just looking for a place to keep mitzvahs without being discovered. But that was the goal. And once they set themselves the goal to redeem Yerushalayim, to restore the Avoida, then it became something which they were trying to work towards. It wasn't something which was looked at as impossible. Something which no one even dreamed of. And yes, it required miracles. And yes, there was open sea at the Dishmaya. And yes, as we say in Adonisim, the war was won against all odds. There were few that were outnumbered. They weren't trained in warfare. But, and this is a critical point, Siyat Dishmaya only comes when people try. If Matisio and his sons would have said, this is not possible, this is beyond our capabilities, let Hashem send us to show us He wants us to try, but nothing would have happened. When you try first, and you show this is something I think is possible to do, obviously with Siyad Dishmai. But as far as I can contribute, I'm willing to give it what I have. I'm willing to try even to achieve a lot. Then afterwards the Siyad Dishmai comes. Matisio and his sons had to set the bar. Had to begin the campaign. Had to define the objective. And once they'd done that, then that objective, which could have looked to be impossible, became what happened.
And the result is the miracle of Hanukkah. We did win back the base of Mikdash. We were able to rekindle the nearest of the manure. That's the first lesson. The second lesson. And I want to preface this with the story of Rabbi Shapir. Rabbi Shapir is famous for his achievements. The Dafyomi and the creation of Yeshiva's Chachmir Ablin. The biggest, most successful Yeshiva in pre-war Poland. Rameh Shapir is famous for what he achieved. What's not well known is that Chachmei Lublin was Rameh Shapir's second yeshiva. He had tried to create a yeshiva before that as well. And that yeshiva was not successful. He began it, he recruited students, but he couldn't afford to feed those students. And he embarked on a fundraising trip like all Rosh Hashivas have to do in order to maintain the yeshiva. He traveled around the cities of Poland and he was completely unsuccessful. He came back to the yeshiva without even having made enough money to cover the price of the rail ticket. And the Bachrim were waiting for him expectantly, hopefully. Maybe he brought back food, maybe he brought back money to buy the food. And he has none of that. And the major becomes the best major. He says, Bachrim, I haven't been able to bring you back money. I haven't been able to find a way to maintain the yeshiva, to keep it running. But at least I want to sing you a song. And the Meir Shapiro sang his song to the words of Tehillim. Ima Marti Moto Ragli Chastucho Hashem Yisodeni If I say Moto Ragli My leg has stumbled. I wasn't successful. But I know Chastucho Hashem Your Chesed Hashem That's what sustains me. Chastucho Hashem Yisodeni And Rav Meir Shapiro told his back from the tune, and they all sang it together. Imomarti motoragli chastecho Hashem yisodeini. If I feel that I've fallen, I haven't been successful. Hashem, I then look to your chesed to sustain me. The yeshiva closed, but thereafter, Chachmei Lublin began. And the lesson we learn. Sometimes we have a good idea. Sometimes the motivation is right. But our first attempt fails. We tried. We thought we, had a, we, were, we were doing something positive. But it's unsuccessful. And the nature of people is well, I gave it a, my best shot. I attempted it. What didn't work out? So then it wasn't for me. I'm obviously not meant to be doing this. And I don't understand the second principle. 
And that is, even when a person has a good idea, and even when the idea is meant to work, it sometimes doesn't. Why? Because the person feels this is his idea. He's making it happen. And it's only after he realizes, Motto Ragli, I wasn't able to. I wasn't successful. And what I need is Chastacho Hashem. What I need is a Siyat Dishmaya to make it work. Then Siyat Dishmaya comes. Yes, the Siyat Dishmaya for a person who tries. But the second factor, after having, after being willing to try, having made the effort, is to understand that it needs Siyat Dishmaya. To understand that I'm looking because I wasn't I wasn't successful and I won't be successful without that. Where do we see this point in the Hanukkah story? If you look at Megillah Santiyachos, this is the second point, which is brought there not so well known. Originally, Antiochus sent his general Nicanor to command the troops in Shalayim to oversee the defilement of the base of Megdash and the enactment of the decrees against the Torah. And the Megillah of Santiago says that Yechon, who was a Kohen Gadol, wants to meet Nicanor in the base of Megdash. And Nicanor sends him back a message. I'm only prepared to meet you if you're prepared to offer up a Chazer on the Mizbech. And Yechon Kangal sends back the message to me, I agree to meet you. So Yechon the Kangal comes to meet the general Nicanor in the Chatzar of the base of Mikdash. And Nicanor gets straight to the point. He says, Kangal, are you prepared to offer up a Chazar in the, in the base of Mikdash? And Yechon Kangal says, I want everybody out the way. I'm scared of the, rep- the reprisals if we'll, we'll see what I'm about to do. Okay? Nicanor gives the order. The Chatzah of the Basel Minish is clear, it's just the two of them. And Nicanor asks them again, Kohen Gadol, are you prepared to offer up a Chazer in the Basel Minish? And Nicanor, and Yechon and Kohen Gadol says to him, yes I am. When? He says, right now. And he takes out a knife, says the Megillah, that was concealed under his cloak, and he kills General Nicanor in the Chatzah of the Basel Minish. And it's obviously a sign of rebellion, was killing the invading general and the people of Yerushalayim rise up and they manage to chase the Greeks who were confused and lost without their general to chase them out of the gates of Yerushalayim. And therefore it looks like the resistance to the Greeks has been successful. They killed the Greek general and they chased the Greek troops out of Yerushalayim. What happens next? It says we get us Antiochus that Antiochus sends a bigger force under a new general called Bagrus. And Bagrus, at the head of a tremendous army, comes back and retakes Yerushalayim and destroys the city, crashes the opposition, enforces the decrees even more than Nicanor had. And what are the Jewish people meant to think? They could have thought, we tried. We tried. We staged the rebellion. We even killed the general. We were successful to a stage of driving the Greeks out of Yishalayim. 
but now we lost. The great counterattack took back Yerushalayim, and he's going to try again. And this is the lesson. He tries once. If it was the right thing to do, then don't give up because it didn't work the first time. Try again. Had Yochan and the Congolian son Matisio not regrouped and not attempted a second time to fight the Greeks, we are never in Hanukkah. It's only because they didn't give up after the first attempted rebellion wasn't successful. They fought again. They rebelled a second time. And Hanukkah came about. That's why we give credit to Yechanan also. We don't just say Bimei Matisio. We say Bimei Matisio ben Yechanan. But that's the important point. Two lessons we learn from Hanukkah. Two lessons we learn from Megillus Antiochus. The first one. Don't be scared to have high goals. Don't be scared to try to achieve. See, the Dishmaya comes but only after a person's set the goal and try to achieve it. And the second lesson, equally important, is if things don't work out the first time, don't give up. Understand things don't work out because the person feels that he's doing it. It's his plan, it's his project. And when he realizes, Motor Ragli, I haven't been successful, now I need to work on the fact, Hashem Chastacho Hashem Yisodeni. I need you, Hashem, to sustain me. To give the Tzatzit Ishmael to make it work. That's how Hanukkah came about. Moshe Rabbeinu. We find the same thing. After he was convinced to be the one to go redeem Klai Yisrael from Mitzrayim. And he went. He didn't want to go, but he went. And he comes to Paroi. And he lays down the ultimatum. Let my people go. And Paroi's response, Moshe, if things weren't bad until now, they're just going to get worse. The Jewish people will have to work even harder than before. And Moshe feels like he failed. And he comes back to Hashem and he says, Hashem, I wasn't successful. And Hashem's response to him, again, you're going to go back to Paroi a second time. And this time it's going to be successful. And the lesson for Moshe to learn, exactly the same point. Yes, you're doing what Hashem wants you to do. But it's only after you've tasted failure, then you see that you're relying on Hashem to make it happen too. And it's such an important lesson. People have good ideas. I hear from Bachram the whole time, what they want to achieve, what they're going to try. And it's good. And people try. And it doesn't work out. They don't manage to do everything they wanted to. They were trying hard on something and it didn't work. And the reaction most people have, so it wasn't for me. I did my best. It didn't work. It's obviously not meant to be. And that's a tragic mistake. If it's the right thing to do, then it is for you. If it's a good project, that will something which will help you grow, then it is meant to be done. 
It didn't work. That's not a raya. It's not going to work next time. Adarab. I should just encourage you more to run and say Adarab. If I feel that I haven't succeeded, then I know what I need to do is rely on Hashem's chesed. I'm not giving up. And when we have these two factors, we try. We set our sights high. And we don't get discouraged when we aren't successful right away. We try again. Then we should also be zaycher to the siyata dishmaya that the chashmanayim had at the time of Hanukkah. Because when those two factors are there, the willingness to grow and the reliance on Hashem siyata dishmaya, that's when Hashem responds and that's when we start to see Nisim. As Klai Yisrael did at Hanukkah, everyone does in their own lives as well.